Chapter One of the Giant Killer by Charlotte Maria Tucker. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Chapter One The Arrival. Well, I hope that we're near the end of our journey at last, exclaimed Adolphus Probin with a long, weary yawn as the fly which was conveying him and his brother from the station rolled slowly along a quiet country road you're in a precious hurry to get there said constantine fixing his thumbs in his waistcoat pockets and putting up his feet on the opposite seat but i don't believe that you'll like the place when you see it i hate being sent to a private tutor's i'd rather have gone to a regular school at once i don't know as to that said adolphus who had some vague ideas in his mind about fagging hard dumplings and wooden benches one thing i know cried his brother i'm certain to dislike this tutor with all my heart adolphus did not take the trouble to ask his reasons but constantine went on without stopping to be questioned i should dislike any one recommended by aunt lawrence she's so particular thinks so many things wrong is so fond of good books and lectures and that sort of thing depend upon it she put into papa's head that we were spoilt and needed someone to keep us in order and she found out this poor country clergyman poor i'm sorry he's poor observed adolphus he'll not make us half so comfortable as we were at home i wonder if he'll have no late second dinner oh you may make up your mind to that cried his brother all the family will dine together at one on boiled mutton and rice pudding or bacon and beans adolphus sighed and it will be work 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 from morning till night with no change but long sermons long lectures and long walks and if we go bird-nesting or have a little fun won't we catch it that's all here we are at last said adolphus as the fly stopped at the little green door constantine put his head out of the window no carriage drive he muttered what a mean place it must be scarcely had the coachman's pull at the bell broken the peaceful stillness of that quiet spot when the green door was thrown wide open and a boy of about eleven years of age appeared at it with a broad smile of welcome on his face i'm so glad you've come We've been waiting dinner for you. Let me help down with that, he added, as the coachman made preparations for lifting down a black trunk, which had kept him company on the box. Constantine jumped from the carriage, his twin brother more slowly descended, and without troubling themselves with their luggage, or taking much notice of their new companion, they proceeded along the narrow gravel walk which led up to the entrance of the dwelling. A pretty cottage it appeared though a small one with the sunshine gleaming through the twining roses on the diamond panelled windows that peeped from beneath the low thatched roof it would have looked very well in a picture not a chimney but was twisted into some elegant shape the whole building nestling in trees and garlanded with creepers might have served as a model to a painter but as adolphus gazed curiously upon his new home it looked to his eye rather too much like a magnified toy he began to wonder to himself where room could be found in it for him and his brother 
especially when he saw two little girls standing in the porch watching their arrival with a look of shy pleasure boys of ten years of age are however seldom long troubled with thoughts such as these and the attention of young probyn was almost immediately diverted by the appearance of mr and mrs roby who advanced to welcome their guests to dove's nest the former was a tall pale gentleman with a stoop a high forehead and thoughtful air which at once impressed the two little boys with an idea that a very learned scholar was before them mrs roby on the contrary was stout and rather short with a bright merry glance in her dark eyes to which the dimples in her cheeks corresponded there was kindliness in the press of her hand and a cheerful animation about her whole manner that made her guests feel at home with her at once i see that my alec has introduced himself to you already she said smiling but here are the other little friends glad to see you and anxious i am sure to make you happy bertha laura my darling she continued laying her head fondly on the curly head of the youngest child the little image of herself with her bright eyes and merry glance you should bid these young gentlemen welcome the probins were soon shown to the room which they were to share with alec and though the ceiling was low and sloped down on one side and the single window was certainly small he would have been difficult to please indeed who could have found fault with so pretty an apartment everything was so beautifully clean and neat and through that open window came so sweet an air while the tinkle of a distant sheep bell and the carol of birds from the neighboring trees made music delightful after the rattle of a railway or the ceaseless roll of carriages in london the dinner also to which the probin speedily descended was excellent though simple and adolphus especially who had soon managed to find out that no second one was to be expected did ample justice to the good cheer after his long journey having quite forgotten sundry parcels of sandwiches and cake which he had managed to dispose of by the way being rather shy at first and under the eye of mr roby the boys were upon their good behaviour and everything went on very harmoniously laura had indeed to squeeze up very close to her mother to avoid the elbows of constantine and opened her merry eyes wider than usual when adolphus seeing that the plum tart was rapidly disappearing thrust forward his plate for a second help before he had half finished his first but no open notice was taken of either breach of good manners this was not the time to find fault mr roby sat quiet and observant and his two little daughters said little but their mother led the conversation in which alec joined freely and before the dinner was over the probins were quite at their ease we shall have plenty of things to show you said alec papa has given us all a half holiday in honour of your arrival there are my two rabbits the black and the white one i like rabbit curry very much interrupted adolphus oh but you are not to eat them exclaimed little laura in alarm shocked at the idea of cooking her favourites and there is the garden continued alec we have made two arches across the gravel walk and such beautiful creepers are twined round them and there is a famous bower at the end of it 
we helped to pave it with pebbles ourselves and there's a cow cried laura you shall see her milked then we will have some syllabub that we will exclaimed adolphus the little robies looked at each other and then glanced at their mother in astonishment at such a bold and unusual proposal the ladies somewhat to their surprise gave a smiling consent and poured out nearly a tumbler full of home-made wine in preparation for this unwanted treat this is not so bad thought constantine i dare say we shall have some fun here i shall like to tease that prim puss miss bertha a little who looks as though she considered it wrong to open her mouth and we'll bring down master alec a peg or two he thinks himself mighty clever i can see this is a great deal better than school such were the reflections of adolphus the master looks mild enough the lady is the picture of good nature and these people don't appear to be shabby although they are certainly poor yes mr roby was poor even had his income been double what it was one so generous and benevolent would still have been poor he could not afford to give alec his only son the advantage of a school but this seemed no misfortune to the affectionate father he preferred conducting his boy's education himself alec was naturally clever and under the careful training of his parent had made uncommon progress in his studies if there was anything on earth of which the clergyman was proud it was the talents and goodness of his son quiet and reserved as mr roby was it was no small trial to him to introduce strangers into his peaceful home though these strangers were the nephews of an intimate friend it was a sacrifice of inclination to duty but his wife in encouraging him to make this sacrifice had other reasons beyond increasing their small means or obliging the aunt of the probins mrs roby with her clear common sense saw that it was not good for her alec to have no companion but his sisters they were both younger than himself and looked up to him in everything he helped them in their lessons took the lead in their amusements and was loved by them with the fondest affection what wonder if the boy was becoming a little spoiled he was of too much importance in the quiet home circle he could not but feel that his parents were proud of him that his sisters regarded him as one who could scarcely do wrong he grew too fond of giving his opinion too self-confident and his mother saw it hers was however the eye of partial affection and she had little idea how often those who had been gratifying her husband by praising the uncommon talents and virtues of their son behind his back spoke of him as a conceited boy who loved to hear himself talk who was ruined by being brought up at home and would never be good for anything in the world oh how startled would we often be could we know the difference between what is said to us and what is said of us what a shock would our vanity receive could we look beyond the smile of flatterers and see into their hearts End of chapter one